Oh my god. Oh man, yeah. You gotta remember this stuff, dude. You gotta remember through hit record. Okay. The most basic of things. All right, all right. Yellow. All right. All right. Again, again. We'll do this again. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the Anti-Shuffle Podcast, your weekly rock and uh, metal podcast coming at you from Saudi, um, where we cover the local and international news. Um, I am one of your co-hosts, Abdullah, also known as Muzaj, and the other co-host, Mansoor. Hello. So uh, today we have uh, so much stuff to talk about, Mansoor. We need to move through this uh, a little bit quick. So, uh, you know, in terms of news, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of uh, uh, news coming out of Live Nation, um, a lot of news coming out of uh, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, um, some local news. Um, we're going to also talk about uh, some one of your favorite bands, Sleep Token. Um, and then, um, you know, in terms of reviews and music, what do we have today? Yeah, we've got uh, new music from Smashing Pumpkins, Drain, uh, you know, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Creeping Death, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, bands from the region. Kaution, yeah. I think that's how you uh, pronounce it. I, hope I guess we'll figure that out it. together. Amorosa, Poople Slicer, uh, nice. you know, a bunch of others. So stick around. Yeah, and then we have Give a main me. topic that's pretty interesting as well. You're going to talk about AI, a buzzword. Mm. AI and it's what do we think? I mean, again, this is just our opinion. We're going to be talking about it, discussing it a little bit casually. You know, um, the effect of AI on the music industry and you know how we feel about it personally, as well as someone who's is a budding uh, you know sound engineer and who loves mixing and production work uh, and also making music as well. And both of us are musicians and been in in you know I'm in a solo artist and you're a, in a band, so. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that, talk about how we feel about it, and, um, you know, give our opinions and thoughts, I guess. Yes. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, dude, we have so much, so let's just... <laughs> the news! All right, Mansoor, you shared this with us, so uh, what's going on here, dude? Well, apparently, uh, Live Nation, the ticketing and, and you know, concert uh, giant is uh, has posted a record of 3.1 billion in rep- revenues last, uh, you know, the first quarter of 2023, apparently, which Holy is more. up 73 percent from last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the industry took a hit, you know, uh, due to COVID. You know, we've seen bands cancel tours here, here and there and. You know, it really affected uh, the industry. So it's nice to see that, you know, the, the industry is recovering and, you know, uh, concerts are coming back, you know, touring is coming back. Uh, but yeah, this is good news. Yeah. And uh, they said that uh, in that period, over 19 million people attended events across 45 countries in the last quarter alone. All of Live Nation's markets are fully open now. So yeah. great news. Great news. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, reading this headline just tells me that people were hungry and uh, I guess really wanted to go back uh, to concerts and watch uh, their favorite bands uh, play live, I guess. You know, regardless of whatever you think of Live Nation and their practices and what, you know, the the controversy around it, it's just great to hear that, you know, people 
are going back to watch their favorite bands live and they, you know, they want to go uh, have fun. Yeah. And, you know, bands need to tour. That's their main uh, bread and butter. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah, great piece of news, positive piece of news here. The next piece of news is something that I'm pretty excited about. Actually, I'm a big fan of this band. Um, um, you know, they're pretty prolific. I mean, they they release albums like like no other like they just uh, they just keep constantly releasing albums they write so much music and they put it out um i was pretty happy to hear that you know uh they're putting out another album and because mm-hmm. every record they release is actually really enjoyable and, and great to listen to and with interesting concepts you know like some records they release and they're like yeah you know we used like um th- these particular keys and and tones uh you know uh, scales in this music and, and you can hear like their kind of experimental approach to writing music and I'm actually interested in this one. I mean, because they say here it's going to be heavy as F. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what a heavy uh, King Gizzard album is going to sound like. I, I like the title of the album. It's uh, Petrodragonic Apocalypse. <laughs> That's such a cool title, man. It's a cool title and a cool name as well. King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard try to say that five times in a row. I can't uh, wait. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Next piece of news here, pretty sad one. I don't know how <laughs> you feel about Sum 41, but man, that that was like one of the early, uh, my early, one of my early exposure to kind of like I guess pop punk and um, and uh, that kind of genre. Um, all filler, no kill. Uh, all uh, all killer, no filler is one of my favorite albums uh, of all time for sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's not like I was really listening to Sum 41 and like paying attention to what they've been doing in the past couple of years or whatever. But just hearing that they are breaking up now after 27 years, just first of all, making me realize how old I am. And second yeah, of all, yeah. it's just it's it's, you know, it's just sad news. It's, um, you know, whatever. It's, it's not something to be happy about, I guess. <laughs> If you had asked me 20 years ago, I would have been over the moon over this news. But I kind of <laughs> feel sad now, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I feel I feel sad because when I look back at it, I mean, some 41, I'm not into pop punk, to be honest. I mean, some of it is okay, but, uh, you know, some 41 have this element of humor to it, you know, mm. to their yeah. music, to their image, which I appreciate. But also, they always uh, paid homage to, to, to metal. They're, they're, I think, metalheads as well. Uh, so I, can't, I really appreciate that about them and... Uh, I would go see them live now, actually. Uh, if they well, I mean, you're not going to have a chance because they're breaking. I'm not going to have a chance. <laughs> too, yeah. too late for that, buddy. But I one of the things, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing that um, so you you it's interesting that you mentioned their inf- metal influence because, uh, you know, it's reported that the the main reason for that metal kind of homage and uh, and influence that they had is their guitarist Dave. Dave yeah. Baksh. And the one thing that I will mention as well before we move on from this news is that Sum 41 is, you know, as uh, as Wahd Arabi, okay, as an Arab, uh, watching, um, you know, who used to be into like whatever, Western music and watched Western music and rock and whatever. It was really cool for me to see a brown person in a metal band or in a rock band or in a popular band going on TV. And it was like one of the first times You know, I'm, I'm seeing like someone who's almost their kind of, I guess, ethnicity and skin color is kind of close to to ours. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's of Indian origin and, you know, India is like our neighbor. And, you know, obviously in our community here, there's a lot of uh, people from that come from that, uh, you know, country. So 
it was really interesting and really cool to see that because at that point, you know, I've, all the movies that we've consumed, all the TV shows that I've consumed, all of the music that I've consumed was all just, you know, white people. So it was really cool seeing that. And he, he played a big role in that, you know, having that metal influence and thrash influence in, in their music. So, um, you know, that's one of the things as well that uh, played a key role in my music upbringing as well. So, um, yeah, saddened to see that they are breaking up. Or not breaking up, they're, you know, I guess ending their career after 27 years. خلاص, they're, they're tired, dude. They just want to take a break, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. <laughs> I think, uh, did you <laughs> did you watch? This is a pretty funny piece of news. I thought, you'd, you'd, <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of this one. Uh, it's so inconsequential. It's so stupid. But I just had to talk about it because last time we talked about Sleep Token in our first episode, the pilot. So yeah. unfortunately... There's a video going around of Sleep Token performing live and like in one of their like softer, uh, you know, slow, you know, very touching <laughs> moments in their songs. Someone I, I really I highly first of all, I highly doubt that this was an actual fart because it was way too loud unless, you know, someone had a really bad burrito or like like a Zabadi <laughs> muffin or something. But uh, someone ripped a huge fart during, <laughs> during their live <laughs> performance and everybody heard it. Um, oh, God. And it was kind of, I don't know, it's funny, but at the same time, I was like, oh, man, I bet, you know, they don't really feel good about that one. Hate to be standing next to that guy during the game. Yeah. <laughs> Hate to be standing in that next to the guy that ripped it. Oh, oh well. God. Anyway. That's torture for everyone. It's <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, next piece of news here that I, um, you know, it's one of those things as well that kind of brings you back. Um, mm -hmm. So... Fear Factory are like working on and releasing like a new album. Uh, they've been they got like a new uh, vocalist, so you know it's good to hear that they're back and you know back at it and putting out the, the last song they put out was really cool and interesting. And I've always been of the opinion that um, Fear Factory, while they're very well known and popular and everybody, you know, I guess people in the metal community knows them, but they're one of those bands that like kind of not a lot of people mention them when they talk about their the influence. Uh, or people who've influenced modern metal. And, you know, yeah. they've always been at the forefront of using, like, you know, uh, you know, digital sounds and, and um, you know, imp implementing a lot of, like, that industrial tone and modern tones into the music, um, using samples and things like that that, th that are now industry standard. So th this piece of news kind of, first of all, they played, it, it's, a, it, it's related to a song that one of my early songs, favorite songs of Fear Factory, Edge Crusher, but it includes also like a band or a name that I haven't heard in a while, El Nino or mm -hmm. El Nino. I don't know how you say it, but El Nino. El Nino. Yeah, one of the also like new metal uh, bands from, you know, from my upbringing uh, performing live together. So again, one of those like weird, surreal moments. Very interesting. I don't know. Have you been, did you, did you listen to El Nino when, when they first came out? No, not really. Um uh... Uh, at the time, I had moved on from uh, from new, new metal, new metal jo genre, but uh, I, you know the singer is good. I mean, uh, I think he has a great voice. But Fear Factory, I'm a I'm a big fan of Fear Factory. I I mean, I, I was pretty sad when Burton left, uh, but the, the new singer seems to be good. Uh, I'm just wondering for the new album, who will write the lyrics because uh, Burton Bird, Burton Siebel always was the main lyricist and you know fear factory has this concept of uh, man versus machine 
uh, it was you know prevalent in all albums, uh, which is relevant to our topic for later today, actually. But <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm a bit uh, skeptical at this point when it comes to Fear Factory. I mean, the singer seems to be the new singer seems to be doing a good job. I think he's doing way too good of a job, actually. He sounds exactly like the previous vocalist. And I'm, when I first heard the new song, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Fear Factory. But then I read the news that they had replaced the original vocalist. And I was like, wow, he, you know, he did a pretty good job of sounding, you know, fitting in into that Fear Factory sound. Yeah. Um, so anyways, if you're, you know, someone who's as old as us and you want to reminisce about El Nino and, and uh, old music, uh, old metal music, I guess you can watch this video. Um, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to that old, uh, the first Il Nino record, because that was one of my favorite new metal records. But everything after that, I don't read. I didn't really pay attention to. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's nice to reminisce about old new metal songs. Next news here, we have news coming out of Egypt. Uh, So a band called Bovim, a um, kind of death metal, black metal band, you know, I'm not very familiar with the uh, Egyptian metal scene, but it seems like it's booming. And in any case, so Bovem, just like this this band here, just teased um, that they're going to be releasing a new song. Um, and um, yeah, just, uh, you know, I guess go follow them, pay attention to them, uh, keep up with them and keep up with the news so that uh, when they drop the latest single, uh, yeah. you can hear it. Awesome. Next piece of news here, and I'm I was pretty excited about this, and we're gonna talk about they 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 released the single, and we I heard it. Um, we're gonna I guess talk about the single in a, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, why don't you uh, tell us, Mansoor, what is this? So, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, legendary band, are going to release a new album this year, uh, titled "In Times New Roman." <laughs> uh, I, that's a, I think a reference to the famous font. Yeah. but it's 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 uh yeah it's exciting it's always uh exciting when queens of the stone age releases a new album they seem to to take their time now when when it comes to releasing new albums for yeah. whatever reason i mean i know josh homie is always uh involved with uh, other projects on the side he's always working yeah. with different musicians uh but obviously queens is his baby so um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited about it. I'm a big fan. Uh, it seems to be self-produced, according to the article. Uh, you know, I, I'm not too big on the artwork, but whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, this looks really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, they have some really, really good records. Um, I don't know. Villains, I heard it. I remember hearing it. There are a couple of good songs there. Um, yeah. Anyways, we're going to give our thoughts about the latest single as well in the in the music segment. So I'll just hold it for that. But yeah, it's still, you know, exciting news. I, I really like Queens of the Stone Age. And, you know, I always look forward to their whenever they release a new record. So um, that's really cool. Anyways, next piece of news. A bit of local news here. And again, you know. We're talking about Heavy Arabia and the Dusk Tour. We just, um, actually, Mansoor and I just uh, attended the, uh, the the Jeddah leg of this tour mm-hmm. yesterday at Macan, And it was pretty cool. Um, Wasted Land performed, but uh, really, like, what really stood out is Dusk's performance. And, uh, man, Abzi's a good front man, dude. He's, 
he's a great vocalist and a great frontman. They, you know, Dusk as a project or as a band, I, I guess, you know, he's a solo artist, but like, a, you know, the, the band that he put together to perform with them um, are very strong, uh, good showmanship and just a great performance. They got everybody, um, you know, uh, first of all, it was well attended as well. You know, a lot of people yeah. were there. And uh, people were really happy. They were asking them to play more songs um, and they put on a really good show. So good for them. Uh, and for that reason, um, you know, one of the things I'm excited about is their Riyadh uh, tour. They just announced that two bands are going to be uh, supporting them that I'm really excited about. And I would really uh, like to go and, and, and attend this show and, and, and see them. Um, Hell Unite and Shamal. So Hell Unite is a you know, the way I would love to describe them is they're just like a straight up thrash, like, and <laughs> straight up thrash band. And, you know, if you just really like to listen to something heavy and just, just, just gives you a kick in the face, just go, um, you know, they have a, they have a live record, I think that's out on Spotify and you can watch a couple of YouTube videos of them that are pretty well produced and, and you can, so you can really hear them uh, clearly. Uh, and Shamal released a single recently great kind of slow uh maybe i guess sludgier sounding um methodical sounding metal uh, something that i'm really into and the records uh, and the song sounds really great so uh really looking forward to seeing those two bands live uh, supporting dusk yeah they, they put on a good show last night i i had a lot of fun honestly the absy definitely was you know had a great stage presence really got the crowd excited it was, it was just a fun night and and also shout out to wasted land they put on a, a good a, you know fantastic show as well so awesome. absolutely yeah and also i'll just quickly add to this um because i'm a such a huge fan of this band so they there's a also a leg of this tour i guess or a part of this tour that's going to be taking place on the 26th of may in bahrain um and it's going to include Rith. um you know, unfortunately, Metal Militia and the um, Rolahal, I think that's how you say the name of the band. I'm not familiar too much with their work. Um, I need to I need to go maybe listen to them a little bit or see if I can find anything uh, for them on Spotify. But Rith is, um, you know, by far my favorite local band. Uh, and they're going to be performing live their um, album, uh, Deceptor Creator, uh, or celebrating the, the release of that album, Deceptor Creator. Um, such a good record. Um, I encourage everybody to go listen to it. Um, if you're in Bahrain or, or can go to Bahrain for this show, I uh, highly encourage you to go there as well. I would love to go catch it. Hopefully hopefully I can. I don't know if I can, but uh, but yeah, Rith, incredible local band. Go check them out. All right, next piece of news. So apparently uh, Phoebe Bridgers, a pop artist, opens up her shows with the intro of Disturbs uh, Down With The Sickness. Um, I don't know if she's a big fan of like metal and rock, but in any case, Disturbed, like, I guess, transcends um, that, uh, what, however you feel about metal or rock as a genre. And like, people, everybody's into Disturbed. They're a multi platinum, like, band. So, and that song is so popular. Um, in any case, she's probably a big fan, but it's also kind of funny. I guess it's a, it's a little funny to start off your show with that little sound and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> intro. But uh, but yeah, that kind of reminded me of uh, of Madonna because uh, Madonna uh, she she sometimes uh, plays uh, the guitar on stage, and I think I saw uh, like a clip of her playing uh, a Pantera song. <laughs> Uh, on, I didn't one see of that. Shows. 
like a I riff from, I think it was walk or some one of those songs uh yeah. but that's one. because that's because <laughs> her it's an easy one yeah. yeah you don't get any any yeah, credit yeah. madonna you yeah, don't yeah, get yeah, any yeah. points for that <laughs> but it, it was actually because madonna's uh touring guitarist is uh, monty Pittman of the band uh, prong so oh you know he and he's her guitar teacher so what at the time yeah Imagine that's an that. insane piece uh, of uh, info or of trivia that I, I didn't know that's fantastic yeah. prong really yeah yeah wow that's really cool Yeah. That's a good catch. <laughs> That's a good catch, Madonna. <laughs> Anyways, it's pretty funny. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> dude. We're going to talk about this album a little bit later, but this piece of news. Apparently, Billy Corgan paid a ransom because some hanker, some hanker, some hacker uh, got a hold of uh, his last album or the latest album that they just released, uh, The Smashing Pumpkins. Autumn, Autumn, Adam, yeah. is it Adam autumn. or Autumn? It's Autumn, yeah. Autumn, autumn. yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently, like, he paid a ransom to prevent it from uh, from leaking. Oh, wow. Billy, Billy boy, Billy boy. I, I would have kept the money, dude. <laughs> Put it in a nice saving account. Let it, you know, <laughs> let it grow. You know, make that money work for you, buddy. I don't think you should have paid that ransom. I mean, it's not, you know, listening to the album. Oh, boy. Is that it's still not, a thing, really by the way? It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the whole world was, was waiting for this moment, right? But like, I don't know. Is that, is that I think there's like five, five fans that were waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> And the rest, even the rest, probably the most hardcore of fans of the Smashing Pumps were like, oh, really? You paid? You paid money for this? To prevent this ah, man, from leaking? That's, a, that's insane, man. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, I, I you can read the whole thing here. Uh, but dude, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, it wasn't really worth it paying that ransom to prevent your that that in particular that record as well from leaking. It's just mm-hmm. I at least know a that lot of things. Thing, we're we're, we're going to talk about this record a bit later, but it just Oh man. Anyways, yeah. Let's let's just save it for the for the music review segment. Yeah. Another uh, another you know uh, news uh, local news or you know regional news. Um, a band from Egypt called Amenta. Uh, they describe themselves as experimental metal, and you can hear a little preview here and there from uh, from this clip if you go on their Instagram. Um, uh, they just released. Uh, they just revealed that on the 19th they're going to be um, releasing a single. So um, that should be interesting. Um, I I'm familiar with the bassist of this band. I we you know we talk a little bit on Instagram and we follow each other. And uh, you know he's I mean you can see him here. Like he, he, he the, his style of playing is very interesting. He's one of those bassists that go. <laughs> so okay. so yeah, he's very technical and very interesting sounding. So uh, I bet the, you know the band also sounds kind of has a similar sound. Um, in any case, interesting, uh, you know, go follow them on Instagram, uh, you know, keep a close eye on them as well. Should be an interesting release. And uh, I guess that's it for news, buddy. It's time to move on now to music. All right, starting off with a bang here, Mansoor. Absolutely. Uh, Autumn, be Smashing Autumn Pumpkins. The latest Smashing Pumpkins uh, album that everybody's been waiting for, apparently. 
It's oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a a triple album from the Smashing Pumpkins. It's uh, uh, you know, a very ambitious album. I mean, it uh, clocks in at like two hours and eighteen minutes, I think, and it's um, yeah, uh, it, it's their latest album. It's like a concept album, apparently, with very autobiographical. Uh, you know, with many themes relating to Billy Corgan's life. Uh, to me, this this album uh, overall, it, it it didn't do the job for me, unfortunately. I mean, the, there there are some good songs here and there, and I was a bit skeptical uh, coming into it because you know usually with uh, big works like this, and you you're bound to you know come across some filler songs right uh it's very rare where you where you have like a double album that has that's just great from start to finish and there are some good albums out there that are good like like to me pink floyd's the wall you know nine inch nails the fragile those records are are awesome from start to finish but it's always a risk when a band you know releases a double album uh but this is a triple album so uh, you know uh, you, you know, sometimes it's guys. It's about it's quanti- quality over quantity, and this album really suffers from that. Unfortunately, it suffers from having too many songs unnecessarily, and it's it feels a bit long-winded if you listen to it all in one go. Um, and, and musically, it's <clears throat> it this it. I'm a big Smashing Pumpkins fan. I, I love the early Me stuff. Too. The first couple of albums, I go back to them from time to time and listen to them. And you know, like Siamese Dream, Gish, oh yeah, even Melancholy, which is a which was a, you know a double album. Uh, but this one just it I don't know. It doesn't remind me of anything that you know with those albums. And it, you know, fine. A band has to evolve. A band has to try new things, but. Musically, I just it feels completely different. I mean, Smashing Pumpkins have always experimented. Let's let's be honest. But yeah, I was really missing a lot of uh, interesting guitar work from Billy uh, because this album is very keyboard driven, very synth driven. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it you don't you won't find many uh, guitar based songs or heavily. You know, there are some you know metal kind of tunes but they feel completely out of place with and with the rest of the album yeah you know, uh, and i also miss you know the great drumming from jimmy chamberlain who is a fantastic drummer but here it seems like a lot of the drums it, you know it sound programmed <laughs> you know what i mean right um but you know there there are uh some good moments uh you know but overall, I wasn't too happy with it. Yeah, I don't know. Just listening to this, um, first of all, like when 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 I when I saw like when I went on uh, you know whatever Spotify and and I was like, yeah, all right, let's start listening to this. And I saw that it was like three, uh, it's like a three, three albums, three CDs or whatever you want to call it, and it's like in three chapters or whatever it is. And it's like, and then I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta read more about this and understand why is it this long. And apparently he wrote it as a rock op opera or opera or yeah. whatever. And I just like, you know, as then I started listening to it. And like you said, I started noticing that, yeah, it has a lot of heavy synth elements and, you know, obviously 
kind of reminisces or kind of harkens back to 80s pop, I guess, maybe a little mm -hmm. bit of 80s pop, a little bit of synth pop uh, sounding. There were some songs that kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this, this you know, gives you the grungy um, Smashing Pumpkins feel. But, but then I was just listening to it and I was like, who is this for? You know, like, is this felt like it was a personal uh, Billy Corgan project and it's just, you know, I don't know. I'm, this is how I feel. I, you know what I think. It's just it feels like it's something to feed his ego, and it's just an egotistical like piece of work, like. And he, Too indulgent. Who is this for? Who's gonna sit there and listen, or you know, listen to a a, a two hour uh, album by Billy Corgan? You know, it just feels like a Billy Corgan project, and I didn't, you know. I, I like I, like you said as well like when when bands like release uh these huge um uh kind of uh you know albums records with like songs with like 20 24 track lists I just have trouble enjoying it um I'd yeah. rather have like a focused record that just sounds good from you know you know doesn't have a lot of filler it just sounds good you know maybe one or two songs there might not hit the mark but like in general all of it you know feels good and sounds good so yeah i'm never gonna go back to this and really really disappointed with it as well like you said i'm a big fan of the smashing pumpkins um and I just don't understand who this is for and it, i don't even think smashing pumpkin fans are gonna enjoy this you know or want to hear this so i don't know yeah I, i'm under the the hardcore fans would or would they be really into this or not yeah i mean i could you know this the good songs i can put them all in one sort of ep or album and it would be it would be a, you know pretty good yeah let's put it that way it wouldn't be amazing but it would be pretty good i mean i i this there's a song called uh, space age every morning those two songs were good. Uh, the good and goodbye, Embracer. Yeah. Uh, those are some of the songs that I, that I enjoyed. But other than that, yeah. Again, very disappointing. Feels like a very ego kind of driven project. Uh, someone should have told Billy, you know what? Maybe cut down on a, on a track list, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Autumn. If you're a big fan of Billy Corgan, I guess go listen to it. If not, please skip it. Yeah, let, let us know, you guys, what you think about it. I mean, write to us, uh, give us your comments on it. We'd, we'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if anybody's a fan of Smashing Pumpkins that listen to us. Yeah. Next record here. I really thoroughly enjoyed this record, dude. Drain. Oh, yeah, this is a great, great hardcore record. What did you think? Of I, I loved it. I loved it, yeah. man. I, I, it was just great from start to finish. The, it's the great riffs, the, the you know, the, the energy of those songs. That, Such good know, energy. For, for me, uh, you know, I'm, I like a band like Power Trip. And yep. I was really saddened when, you know, the singer passed away, I think, last mm. year or two years ago. Uh, so th this band, I think, will carry that flag, I hope. And yeah, it's just a great album from start to finish. Uh, you know, the, it's the, the, the great riffs, you know, the, it's it's a mosh fest from start to finish uh, with a few surprises here and there. Yes, yes, yes. Right. I mean, uh, what, what did you think of that? Uh, there's a hip hop kind the of intermission. song. The intermission song. Yeah, that was, yes. 
That was so good. Yeah. Like, honestly, like the, the record. So again, you know, it plays it. Okay. It's a hardcore record, right? It plays it straight. Yeah. Like if you're not someone who's into hardcore, you're probably not going to enjoy this. Right. But yeah. if you're into hardcore, this is a great record. Like, and even if you're interested and curious about hardcore, this is a great, like kind of lesson uh, or a template to listen to, to get into hardcore. Um, but uh, like you said, there's also a bit of few surprises here and there. So the intermission song, that's so good, like with the little bit of hip hop intro. And then it kicks into like a typical, the again, the drain style of hardcore uh, metal. That was a great one. And then there was the the there was one song that was kind of a tonal shift. Uh, good, good yeah. things. That, mm -hmm. that was great as well. Like it goes into like this. Uh, I don't want to say pop punk, Lynn. it's not really pop punk, but it goes into like a more accessible, catchier kind of hardcore sound. It, it kind of stops being aggressive and more catchier. And yeah. I love that song as well, that track. So again, it, it does a good job of, you know, keeping you on your toes. You know, you're, you, you're hearing like different things, but just a great overall, overall hardcore, high energy uh, record. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Highly recommend anybody, even if you're not into hardcore, just give it a listen um, and you'll probably find something in there that you will enjoy. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, my, my favorite song off that album was uh, Weight of the World. That that has a crazy riff. Great I song, just yeah. really, it's such a good song. Uh, it's a very short listen. I mean, yeah. I, at the end of the album, I found myself wanting to listen to more. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's always a good sign when you listen to an entire album and feel like, no, I need to listen to more, uh, you know, but do check it yeah. out. It's just so yeah. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Drain, go check it out. Living Proof. Such a great record. Um, next record here we have, and, um, you know, I have a feeling I'm going to feel the same way about it as you do. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm actually, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for you, Mansoor. I don't know why I'm speaking for you, but am I going to bring up the boomer scare for this one? Which album is this? We're talking about, oh yeah, sorry, for those who are listening or tuning in. We're talking about Veil of Maya, um, a uh, the new record by Veil of Maya. Um, what is it called, Mansoor? Actually, um, uh, Mother? Is it called Mother? I think so. I, I haven't listened to the album. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Okay. So, so all right. So let's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this record here. So uh, Veil of Meyer just released a new record uh, called Mother. Uh, and honestly, I'm so I used to be a big fan of Veil of Maya. I really enjoyed um, some of their earlier records. Uh, one of the records that I really enjoyed as well is ID or Id or whatever you want to call it. Um, but this record, um, tonally speaking, overall, it sounds good. Okay. In terms of tone and production, um, for me, it's, it sounds much better and it is much better written for me than the latest periphery, uh, song, um, album, but, uh, listening to this record, I found it quite boring. Uh, it only started uh, really picking up for me, and it, sounded, it started sounding good uh, at um, a song called Disco Kill Party. Silly name, but it's it's an actual, like when you listen to that song, you start feeling like, oh, okay, this th this is what the rest, I feel like the kind of uh, record, the, the rest of the record should have sounded like. Um, mm. and, and then after Disco Kill Party, like the song's, you know, you know, to varying degrees, start sounding good or like average. Um, 
And then, you know, it just made me think, you know, maybe this record should have been an EP or something. Maybe like from Disco Kill Party to the end of the record, that's that should have been like just like four to five EPs, just more focused effort. Um, and it would have sounded great. And it would have been I would have been much happier with it. Um, but, other, you know, overall, I'm, I'm probably never going to, you know, go back and, and, and listen to this record again. Um, but, you know, if if they stick with the the sound that they or the, the the kind of song structure and writing that they did in Disco Kill Party, uh, maybe I would be interested to listening to the next record that they release. The, the artwork sucks. <laughs> the artwork is horrible as well, dude. Oh my god! It's oh god! It's it's uh, yeah, like nothing nothing about this record I enjoyed honestly. So I'm just gonna move on now to the uh, next record. Akesha Strain uh, released not just one record, two records. Um, one of them is the main record, okay? So they released the main record, which is called Step Into the Light. And it is a fantastic sounding record. It's so good. It's uh, produced by a guy called Randy. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to butcher his last name. Le, Le Bouef or Le Boeuf or whatever it is. Um, he did a lot of great uh, productions. One of them is Koble Khan. If you remember from our pilot, I think we talked mm -hmm. about the, the single they released uh, uh, and then, you know, uh, there's also a great uh, recent record that they, uh, a band released called Jesus Peace. Great hardcore record. Chamber as well as another band that I'm a big fan of. He also produces records for them. And we're going to talk about one of their singles in a second. But in any case, this is a great sounding record. Great hardcore record. It clocks in at like just like 30 minutes or something. Each song is like just one minute to <laughs> one minute and 30 seconds to like two minutes or something like that. Um, just... A great romp, like if you're if you're someone who wants to listen to something high energy and just great sounding and and and, um, and, and a great like hardcore metal album um, or you know a hardcore with metal influences, I guess you know not your typical metalcore, but like a you know a, a band that mixes those two genres really well. This is a great record to listen to. Um, and if that's not enough for you, and if you wanted more, he they released a second record called Failure Will Follow. And this record is uh, basically uh, the way they describe it, and I believe them. It's a it explores their sludgier side, right? It explores their sludgier kind of influences, and the the record only has three songs, but each song is like varies from eleven to seventeen minutes, and. There are standouts in this. I, I really love this uh, record because, it, first of all, it includes a lot of the bands that I really like, like Primitive Man and uh, Full of Hell. Mm -hmm. um, the song that really stands out for me is definitely the one that includes Primitive Man. But there is a song that includes a gentleman named Sam Sawyer or Sa Sa Sawyer. And I, I, I really tried my best to, try, to find out who is this man and what project is he from or if he's from another band, or, but I could not find any information. So if anybody knows, please let me know. But, um, you know, the records, I mean, the songs on this record are, you know, very sludgy, doomy, well, not doom metal, but it's like very sludgy, slower, kind of death metal sounding, not death metal. Again, I'm using the wrong terminology here, but just sludge sludgy slower sounding uh songs but still surprise you bog walker for example will have like in the outro it has like a great groovy kind of sounding uh, outro the songs take a little bit of a while to pick up but if you are patient and you're willing to listen to you know sludgy sounding metal uh that is slower uh, very methodical as well 
um, the payoff is great and, and you will enjoy this. I'm, I'm more interested in the sludgy, I think, album. I have to give that a listen. Yeah, you should listen to it. It sounds really good and the, the, the music is so cool as well. So uh, check them out, Acacia Strain, for sure. Uh, uh, both record, Failure Will Follow and Step Into The Light. All right, we have a single here from a local, I mean, regional release. Uh, K-T-Y-O-N. I don't know if I'm saying it right. How, how, how would you say this, Mansoor? Kaution, maybe? Kaution. Kaution. Did you listen to this? Yeah. Uh, Decreptitude. What did you Decreptitude. think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, interesting melodic tech death metal, maybe. Uh, very, yeah. has some symphonic elements and, uh, you know, blast beats and things like that. Uh, you know, that was an interesting sort of mix. Uh, good production overall. So yeah, I mean, very guttural and, and, and harsh, uh, you know, style of, of death metal vocals. If uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, uh, if you're into melodic death metal, uh, mm-hmm. and um, you can't go wrong with Kaution, uh, Kaution decrepitude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next song we have here. Uh, our next. I guess EP. It's a, it's a two-song EP by a local artist here, based out of Saudi. He calls himself uh, himself TRL. Um, if you look at his discography, you'll find that he does a lot of collaborations with different artists from the local scene, um, mainly in the hip hop, R and B, and hyper, I guess, pop uh, or hyper R and B and hip hop kind of sounding um, music. Um, this is kind of a little bit of a departure for his typical stuff. Um, he sent this, uh, he sent this uh, over to us to listen to. Um, he described it as a shoegazy uh, kind of uh, EP uh, or sound. Um, and I believe it, yeah, it's, ve- it's very, there's, it's, it has a lot of um, shoegazy, dreamy kind of soundscapes and elements. Um, you know, he's, he's a great vocalist. He's got a good, uh, voice, um, you know, listening to it from the other, uh, you know, his previous records and his previous work here, you might not be able to hear it because it's, you know, his vocals are really drowned with a lot of effects. And, you know, obviously this is typical for a shoegaze, I guess, project, um, good effort. Um, you know, the only thing I would say is that maybe, um, it should have spent a little bit more time cooking. Um, you know, I would have loved to hear some drums uh, on some of those songs, you know, like, um, you know, it felt like it was missing some drums. Uh, but otherwise, um, good effort and, um, you know, looking forward to what you what you will be doing next. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought so, uh, you know, too, with the, you know, when it comes to the drumming. Uh, overall, yeah, it sounds promising, uh, you know, so, some interesting elements here and there, the guitar tone and everything like that. Uh, it's a very sh- uh, short EP. And there's not a lot to digest, but it sounds promising. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. TRL, a lucid dream that changed my life. All right. I really like this single, dude. I don't know how you feel about it. If you've heard this, Creeping Death, the Common uh, Breed. Um, it's such a great so creeping death Aslan is a great band like they are they do such a good job of mixing death metal with hardcore um and this new like the new two songs that they released sound so good to me 
and they, it's just does, does a perfect job of mixing death metal elements with hardcore elements and it's just a fun and great song to listen to there's an interesting little fact about this that um i didn't know i was wondering who produced this because again it sounded so good it's apparently produced by the uh, guitarist from Killswitch Engage, Adam uh, Dukowitz, Dukowitz, or I think mm. that's how did he say his last name. But Beating yeah, Adam. I mean, I knew that he does production work and he and he produces uh, metal albums and stuff like that, which again speaks to the last topic we talked about in the previous episode on Pilot uh, in the second episode, which is that musicians don't just make money from uh, touring and their own music. I mean, Killswitch Engage is, my God, one of the most popular metalcore bands in the world and they you can arguably say that they pioneered the genre and he mm -hmm. uh, does production work on the side but in any case um i digress uh great song great sounding song as well and really really looking forward to this record dude yeah it's a, it was a fun listen for me i i really enjoyed it uh, awesome guitar riffs uh, drumming is great vocals as well i mean it's uh it's not not nothing groundbreaking, but still just a fun listen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's not not groundbreaking, but it's just you know, it's great to listen to. If you're someone who's really into something that sounds um, maybe I wouldn't say old school, but like kind of uh, you know harkens back to um, old school sounding death metal, uh, but you also like your hardcore elements, then yeah, go check out Creeping Death. Next song here is a. Um, I guess uh, one of a, new, a newer band that I really, uh, well, it's newer band for me because I've recently discovered them like maybe a year ago, um, Chamber. Um, I really like this band because they sound, you know, they, they, it seems like they're influenced, and I could be wrong, but it sounds like they have a lot of influence from one of my favorite bands of all time, Converge. And mm. um, uh, they just released a, um, a song that features the singer from Koblay Khan called Devoured. And, uh, and yeah, you can, you know, it has the song for me has a lot of great elements, like I mentioned, like the kind of converge, like kind of panicky metalcore sounding um, uh, riffs and, and music structure with the just straight up Kobli Khan sounding, you know, metalcore, uh, sorry, uh, hardcore um, uh, singing and uh, song as well structure a little bit. Um, Really enjoyed the song, and I'm kind of looking forward to uh, the record uh, that's going to come out from from this band. Yeah, yeah, I got uh, definitely a converge vibe. Uh, sometimes, I, you know, it reminded me of Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's it's quite technical. It's quite fast. You know, very abrasive. Uh, it, it was it was a cool listen. I mean, um, but definitely, if you're into that type of uh, back then they we used to call it math core math math metal yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i mean uh, if that's your vibe then definitely give this a listen yeah yeah i guess yeah if you're into like norma gene if you're into converge if you're into the diligent escape plan and if you're into like you know hardcore bands like koblai Khan, and you really you should check this out oh yeah this is interesting. So Emma Rosa, Emma Rosa is one of my favorite bands. I really like just full disclosure. I really like Emma Rosa. They, um, you know, the first two records that I've been exposed to when I heard them, it sounds very like emo rock, I guess that's, I guess that's how you describe it. And then they progressively started going down this track where they basically started making pop music, but with instruments, you know, they're, they're a band that makes pop music. And I mean, 
this is a great, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, the original song. I'm talking about the original <laughs> song. So Emma Rosa did a cover of I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. And obviously mm -hmm. the original song is legendary. Um, I was kind of disappointed with the song. They played it pretty safe. It sounds exactly almost like the original song, but with like a guy singing. So I really like Amorosa, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd rather listen to the original. Yeah, you know, the, the original used to grate me when I was a kid. <laughs> but now, now I could appreciate it for its nostalgia factor because it does remind me of like my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just too much, man. Too much what? Too much cringe. Too much cringe? <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, bring, you're bring too, back you're, the boom. You're too hardcore, dude. You, you, you hate on Whitney Houston. You, you're, you, you, know, you, you hate on Sum 41. You're just, you're, 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 you're such an elitist. You're such an elitist. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but yeah, there's, there's no difference between this and the original. Uh, yeah. Sonically speaking, uh, exactly. They play it too safe for, for, for what it is. Anyways, I don't know if you're into it in Houston and if you're someone who wants to listen to an interpretation of that, go check it out. But otherwise, I'm probably never going to listen to this again. All right. Hardcore music, man. Hardcore is in is in great shape, man. Uh, there's so many great hardcore records and bands um, releasing, you know, old hardcore bands releasing new records and just new hardcore bands coming up. Uh, anyways, one of the, uh, I guess you can consider them a bit legendary. I guess they're, they're pretty well known in the hardcore scene. Incendiary are releasing a new record and they just released a third single or the second single from this record, uh, Lie of Liberty. Um, great, sounding tr um, great sounding track, uh, as usual. Um, again, this, was, um, this is a, um, uh, a Will Putney uh, joint. Um, Straight up great hardcore sounding song as well. Um, if you're into hardcore and if you just want to listen to something heavy, uh, you want to just punch the air and just have a good time, um, you're going to like this. Um, and I ha really, I have nothing else to say about this. It's just a straight up great sounding hardcore uh, song. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's very straightforward, as you said, uh, quite catchy. Uh, the main riff is cool. But I mean, and I'm I'm not too big on the breakdown, to be honest. It just sounds like every other breakdown. Uh, but the the main riff is cool. It's a catchy song. So yeah, I mean, it's it's overall uh, cool. Listen, I'd say. yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, you know, if you want to explore hardcore music, or if you're a big fan of hardcore music, this is going to be down your uh, down your alley. Next song here, Pupil Slicer. Such a disgusting name. But yeah, I, I butchered that name earlier. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah what did you say? Pupple? Pupple Slicer? Pupple Pupple Slicer. Yeah. Apologies right. for that. Sorry Pupple to the English language. <laughs> My big apologies to the English language for butchering your beautiful uh, language. Poopa Slicer, otherwise known as Poopa Slicer, yeah. uh, uh, just released a new single called um, Momentary Actuality. <laughs> this is part of a record that's going to come out next week, I think, uh, or it is going to come out next week called Blossom. But um, Poopa Slicer is a band that I'm been really enjoying a lot actually um the first uh couple of efforts that they've had released like i think they released an ep or an album and then they've been releasing singles sound 
and did they even okay so they even have a cover of converge uh, jane doe so you can really know they're right there like it just gives you a clear idea of what their influences are so that's one of the reasons why i really enjoy them as well um but they were okay i was like oh okay yeah they they have that converge influence and they sound like that math uh, metal they have that math metal sound but I was like, okay, yeah, you know, something, you know, uh, it's a band. Um, I was, you know, I had them, I followed them on Spotify and, you know, I'm just paying attention to what they're doing. But these last couple of songs that they've been releasing are really good. I've been really enjoying them. Um, it seems like they found a combination of that, yes, hardcore kind of, uh, sorry, metalcore converge sound with their own um, flavor of whatever it is uh, that, you know, their own tone and their own sound that they have kind of uh, developed. So um, it includes, you know, th there's a lot of catchy elements there. Uh, there's a lot of heavy elements there. Um, and, um, and yeah, so um, if you're someone who um, wants to listen to a great sounding metalcore band, um, yeah, pay attention to these guys, you know, and um, hopefully the, the record that comes out next week will also do a review of that. And hopefully it's going to be good. Yeah, I, I don't know. This one didn't uh, resonate well with me. I mean, I, I only oh. give it one listen, to be honest, but uh, I can't. Oh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Anytime you I'll, say you don't I'll, like something, I'm going to bring up the boomer scale, dude. <laughs> yeah, by all means do that uh, and if it's a modern band as well if it's something new and you say you don't like it i'm just gonna bring up the boomer scale <laughs> <laughs> yeah the boomer scale is definitely uh, much needed here i'll go for not for me but with spin again oh okay uh, but because you know the vocals were pretty interesting but the rest of the you know the instrumentation it didn't really uh capture my my attention okay but i'll, I'll give it another listen just to be fair yeah I mean, you never know. You might like enjoy the record. I mean, it seems like so far the the singles that have been coming out they sound a bit different from each other. And um, and anyways, great sounding band. Um, you know, check them out. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, by the way, for me, sometimes um, when I listen to a single, it doesn't really appeal to me. But when I listen to the album as a whole, it uh, you know I find uh, you know the experience quite different from listening to just a single. You know, so. You know, so. Maybe yeah, I, exactly. I should listen to the album. I mean, this is something, a point that you mentioned with Sleep Token, right? You said, oh, yeah, this song didn't do it for me. I didn't like it. But, you know, I, I was surprised that they decided to release that song because the other stuff they had sounded interesting. <laughs> but they've been doing a good job with the singles, in my opinion. I think the last couple of singles that released from this album have been kind of bangers, in my opinion. So um, definitely looking forward to this. Oh, here we go. Queens of the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. uh, so Queens of the Stone Age, legendary, and I in our notes here I wrote Queens of the Strobe Age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, "Is this a tribute band? <laughs> Have we come down to this now? Reviewing tribute bands? I mean, well, <laughs> we're down the line. We're reviewing something weird that you've added. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so, but, any, but anyways, yeah, Queens of the Stone Age, not the Queens of the Strobe Age. Uh, emotions sickness uh, they just dropped a new single uh, they announced that they're dropping a new album uh, what do you think of this Mansoor? I liked it it's uh, it's very it's typical I'd say Queens of the Stone Age uh, very dancey very catchy uh, you know very enjoyable uh, you know you, you get Josh Homme's uh, signature type of uh, riffing and all of that overall you know it, it 
made me excited about the the new album. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to hear the rest of the songs. Uh, so this is a single that actually resonated well with me uh, in that sense. But yeah, I, I really like the song. There isn't much to, to talk about in terms of uh, anything being new about it. But the chorus was quite different. I like how, it, you know, the the chorus kind of stands out. It, it doesn't sound very, it, it sounds weird, uh, but it works somehow with the main riff and the, and the verse, I feel. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's a good song, but I don't know. I just can't help but feel like Queens of the Stone Age have been kind of playing it safe. Um, you know, they, they found like a sound and they're just sticking with it constantly. And honestly, if you played the song for me and told me it was from the previous record, Villains, I would have I believed you. Um, True. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, like, do you really want anything else from the Queens, uh, Queens of the Stone Age? But at the same time, you know, you kind of want to hear something different. Um, I mean, there previously they have been kind of innovating with every record, you know, um, like every record that would come out, you'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah, there are some real some real bangers on those records, you know, um, one one record that stands out in my mind is Era Vulgaris. Like that that record for me is one of my. I mean, I guess Queens of the Stone Age fans don't really like that record, but for me, I really think that record is so good. It has some of the greatest songs that they've ever written. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, and uh, um, what's the name of that record? Like Clockwork, like Clockwork yeah, something. Yeah, That's a fantastic record. That uh, and again, you know, like it just shows you that yeah, how their you know, sound is kind of progressing, and they're doing some really good, um, um, you know, innovating. Yeah, I guess you know, innovating uh, in, in terms of what they can do and write. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, this maybe we'll need to listen yeah. to the full record, and, and it'll surprise me. Yeah, I mean, this song, I did get a, a villain's vibe. Uh, you know, like Clockwork was a complete uh, sonic shift from their previous work. You know, it was a very depressing, very kind of like a... Dark. Dra very dark and drab too. Like you can yeah. tell he was really miserable when he wrote that album, Josh yeah. Homme. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm curious to hear what uh, the rest of this, uh, you know, album sounds like. Yeah, which is called what in Times New Roman? In Times, I can't get yeah. Times. I can't New get Roman. over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, something well. like that. Anyways, if you're a fan of the Queens of the Stone Age, do please check it out. All right, uh, another local release here, another one from Lebanon as well. I guess a melodic death metal band from Lebanon called Nocturna. If you want to look them up on Spotify, please make sure to write Nocturna LB because otherwise you're, they're not going to come up if you don't write that. Um, the song is called Leading the Herd. Um, what did you think, Mansoor? Yeah, nothing uh, out of the ordinary in terms of, uh, you know, being a you know, melodic death song. Uh, you know, it's pretty good drumming, pretty good uh, guitar work overall so it was all right i liked it i think um sound wise and production wise i thought it sounded really good um i was actually surprised by that i you know i was expecting it to you know have like that you know independent kind of you know home produced kind of sound but it actually sounded really good like as a you know i'm, I'm not sure who produced it or if he did his own mixing and, and producing or whatever but um again sounds great uh to me it sounded like it was 
definitely, like you said, um, uh, a pretty typical melodic death metal uh, song with with. It sounds like this. It sounds like this guy is a, you know, he, he's influenced a little bit by uh, Lamb of God. Uh, mm. There's a, a bit of a, a touch of Lamb of God there, but mm. um, you know, personally, you know, I'll just let you know where I'm coming from. I'm not the biggest fan of melodic death metal. The only, you know, band that I'm a huge fan of that is in this genre is uh, the Black Dahlia Murder. People, you know, say that they are a melodic death metal band, but uh, you know. I, I guess they are, but for me, they are like a top five um, metal band. Uh, but otherwise, I don't really enjoy that genre. So for me, um, I, objectively speaking, this this is a great sounding song, um, obviously well written. Um, but um, you know, um, if you if you're a big fan of melodic death metal as well, you you'll enjoy it. So uh, do check it out though, um, and uh, let us know what you think. Definitely. All right. No, <laughs> this is not a joke. We are actually talking about a song from a band called yeah. Jazz Sabbath. I, 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 this is not a typo in the notes here. It's the band is called Jazz Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, for the song Orchid, a yeah. Black Sabbath song. Mansoor, you're the one that added this. Oh yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> well. I mean, this is okay. So, Jazz Sabbath is a Black Sabbath is a Black Sabbath cover band that. Oh, you don't covers, say. Yeah, they cover. <laughs> <laughs> they cover Sabbath songs, though. No way. They they have a jazz renditions of Black Sabbath songs. Instrumental. Jazz, though. you say? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yes. have. Okay, yeah. Captain Obvious uh, here, <laughs> uh, right? So. Um, yeah. I love I love jazz Sabbath. Uh, there are no vocals in their music. It's just pure uh, jazz renditions of uh, early Black Sabbath, Aussie era Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great listen if you're if you want to take maybe a break from metal, but still be like uh, kind of <laughs> still uh, be metal attached to still be metal. <laughs> yeah. Not and you know it's, I I I love their their albums. This is just a, a you know a, a short rendition of Orchid. One of the earlier Sabbath tracks. Uh, great listen. I don't know. What did you think, Mazaj? I mean, I agree with you. I thought it was a, a great palate cleanser. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. never going to listen to this band again. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm probably <laughs> never going to go back and listen to this again. But it was a great palate, palate cleanser. Like, you know, listening to uh, all this other stuff. And then this comes up. It kind of, you know, recenters you and kind of decompresses your ears a little bit. Um, I did enjoy it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I did enjoy listening to that a little bit, but uh, I'm not one of those people that are into jazz or actively seeks out uh, jazz music. So, yeah, that's All right. that for me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Next song, we have Duff. I mean, could you say his name, please? Because I don't want to butcher it. Duff McKagan. McKagan. All right. Yeah. Duff McKagan. Uh, okay. So the song is called This Is The Song. All right. Um, I had to look up who Duff McKagan is because I wasn't familiar. Apparently, he's the bassist from Guns N' Roses. Um, you're the one that suggested this song. Um, I'll tell you my thoughts quickly on it. Um, 
I uh, I thought it was a pretty depressing song, huh? Like he's it's it's pretty sad song. It's 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 it sounded like a cry for help. Yes, indeed, you're, uh, you're that's exactly what the song is is is, is for and and about because uh, yeah, D- D- Duff McKagan, Guns N' Roses bass player and Velvet ex Velvet Revolver, he released this uh, you know, and he's also a solo artist on the side. He released it, this EP. And this song, this is the song, I, I believe it's called, and it's about his mental health struggles. He actually, he said he wrote this uh, during uh, a panic attack that he Jeez. was going through. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it, it, he released this song uh, purposefully uh, at, at this time because May, or at least in the, in the U.S., is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, and this song is for, to raise, uh, you know, awareness for mental health issues. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, musically, it's uh, if you enjoy ballady acoustic songs from Guns N' Roses like Patience, you might uh, you might enjoy this as well. But, you know, uh, it's an it's an OK song. It's a good song. But, you know, uh, since it's uh, for a good cause, I thought, you know, why not, uh, uh, you know, mention it. But also, uh, Guns N' Roses are touring now, and I believe they will be playing in, in Dubai. I think that's oh. their first stop on this tour. Really? They're playing uh, early June, first first of June or something like that. Uh, do look it up. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an all right song. It's not for me. Um, I'm not really into this type of rock or music, but... but yeah, honestly, like it was a sad song to listen to. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know all that background you just mentioned. And, you know, it, but it just came across in the song for sure. Um, and um, yeah, if you're, I guess, into Guns N' Roses, if you're a bit of old school uh, soul, then uh, yeah, please check out Duff McKagan. And with that, Mansoor, we wrap up our music uh, segment here. Uh, that's yeah, I mean, that was a pretty long one, dude. Um, but we do have an interesting topic. So let's get into Herjat al the main topic. All right, Mansoor, AI, big buzzword. Everybody's talking about AI. It's the next big thing now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's scary, but at the same time, it is uh, going to make a lot of things easier. And, um, you know, I thought it would be an interesting topic to talk a little bit about uh, how AI, you know, in our, you know, again, in our opinion, just, you know, in our humble opinion, as, as people who, as music lovers, and, and people who uh, love uh, making music and, and working in music, um, how it might affect uh, the music industry, uh, and how it might affect us personally as well. And the reason why, you know, okay, so it's, for me, it's, it kind of started off by me uh, reading news about how, um, you know, big companies like Adobe, for example, um, are releasing AI tools for their products. So, you know, so Adobe is the you know company that obviously makes these all these uh, kind of design and, and creative uh, apps like um, Illustrator and Photoshop and all of that. Um, and with the advent of like everybody and their dog making AI artwork and AI uh, um, pictures, uh, they have released as well a tool called Firefly. And, you know, 
honestly, um, it is kind of scary how good it is. Um, basically, you know, if you're a designer that has been, you know, who 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 kind of slaved away at learning how to how to use work, you know, Photoshop, and you got all those certifications, and you've been learning how to use all these different aspects of it, خلاص, all of that has gone out of the window. Basically, now uh, Adobe is implementing like this, uh, you know, a tool where you can use command prompts to get things done. So the demo that I saw was like. Yeah, you know, I want, um, you know, it'll be like a picture of a model and it'll be like, yeah, change the coat color to green and make the background blurry. Uh, oh, yeah, change the background, make it into a cityscape or something like that. And it will do all of that stuff for you very accurately as well, which basically made me think, all right, us as humans, we need to start thinking about like what are the skills that we have and, and the value of the skills that we have and wh- how we can, you know, integrate with AI. The other piece of video that I saw as well that made me think about this is like someone talking about interior design and being an architect and how like they slave away for four years to learn how to design and create these out um, layouts and things like that. But now with AI, it just automatically does all these things for you. Uh, And someone replied to me like on on Instagram and chat and said like, oh yeah, you know, like now in, in school, professors have to check if your the work that you're making is AI generated or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and from there, it kind of naturally led to music. And have you been paying attention to what's you know been happening uh, with AI and uh, and and music uh, uh, recently in the news? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, AI is uh, is a, you know the big thing now. Everybody talks about it. You go to any gathering, any social setting, the the subject will definitely come up. Uh, you know, it's all about everybody's talking about, you know, things like chat GPT and uh, those things. I mean, there's now this trend going uh, going around uh, where you have these uh, mashups, I'd say, of, of songs where you ha- you have a song in, uh, you know, uh, let's say I, I, I got a song from uh, Soundgarden with the vocals of, of Kurt Cobain. Everybody's doing these kind of mashups, even with Arabic music uh it's a trending thing now uh but yeah you can just type in you know i want to i think in chat on chat gpt you want you know a song in this uh let's say if you're an angry elitist metalhead you'd be like yeah i want a metallica song in the maybe in the drumming style of of mike portnoy or something you might get that yeah Uh, but that's that's uh the trending thing now and there are a lot of concerns about it, uh, but more, you know, will AI be able to to mimic certain artists, certain genres for people, you know, to, to generate music in that sense? And not only that, will it saturate uh, or oversaturate uh, certain streaming platforms, you know, like Spotify and Apple Music, you know, will it... Uh, overshadow the work of you know let's say human generated art now yeah. it's distinction maybe um that's a scary thing that's that's the concerning thing yeah absolutely and uh you know record companies now are trying to somehow control it they're trying to manage it uh, they're trying to push for in certain countries for legislation to to uh 
you know, regulate these things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the, you mentioned it here, but, uh, you know, this is the article that we pulled up on Spotify. Apparently, they've been taking down a lot of AI generated music. And I didn't know this. Apparently, there's an app or, or a company uh, that basically will let you uh, generate music, AI music, and get royalty from streams. And, you know, this is a bit nefarious, but again, you know, this speaks to the idea of where is our place uh, as people who, you know, slave away and work hard on writing something with substance, I guess. And, uh, and you know, AI comes in and just swoop, just like lets people create whatever music they, they want to create. And, and will listeners care that they're listening to AI music or people from, you know, or music from real people, you know? That's a real concern there. That's the real concern. Are listeners going to be, are, are they going to care at any point whether the music that they're listening to is AI generated or generated by humans? Yeah, I mean, look, the truth is AI will definitely infiltrate every aspect of our lives. And we're still at the cusp of it, I think, uh, you know, it, it, and it's going to be here to stay. So how people use it to, to make music is going to be, uh, you know, something that we have to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, there are people who are experimenting with it on, on a creative level. Uh, there was an article where, you know, a, a, a musician improvised uh, with an AI uh, tool, let's say, and they, they managed to improvise and come up with a with a song. So even that part of, of playing music is going to be affected where you know, typically, of course, you, you get together with uh, certain people and you, you improvise, you make music on the spot. But yeah. now you can maybe be able to do it with, with uh, certain AI tools. And that's, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence about it, Abdullah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, like, so some people have been using AI tools, um, you know, for example, okay, let's say, let's say outside of the music industry. Let's say, Masan, you're a scriptwriter or someone who's writing a, you know, an article or something, or, oh yeah, you need to, you know, you need to write a script for your podcast or whatever. You know, you can use AI to generate like an initial script, and then you know, you you'll edit that and you know make it up to your standard and things like that. But <clears throat> when it comes to music, you know, I wonder, um, is it okay to kind of, for example, use ChatGPT to um, you know, let's say you have a creative block and you're like, oh my God, I cannot come up with lyrics right now. I cannot, I cannot figure out the lyrics to this song. Uh, you know what? Let me go on ChatGPT, write, write me lyrics about, you know, being sad on a rainy day. And it generates like, <laughs> it generates lyrics for you uh, on that concept. And then you take that and you edit it a little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is that cool? Is that not cool? I, you know, it's kind of a weird, yeah, like you said, like I'm on the fence about it. At the end of the day, it's helping you unclog that creative block. Yeah. But, but is it your work, you know? I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you're, are you into Nick Cave? No, not really. But yeah, I saw well, you, uh, the, the article that you posted here. Yeah, I mean, Nick Cave is not a, obviously uh, a metal or a rock singer he was in a, a punk band a long time ago called the birthday party but no he, now he's uh, he has his own band called nick cave and the bad seas but anyways what happened was uh, a fan tweeted yeah, to him 
he doesn't look yeah. so happy about this news as well here right here oh yeah his music is uh very dark and depressing but a fan <laughs> uh tweeted to him that uh he 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 decided to go on chat gpt and come up with lyrics uh nick uh, to a song in the style of nick cave <laughs> so uh nick cave responded that uh you know it's a, a good saying and i quote a grotesque mockery and a travesty <laughs> because it it really obviously it's it's it feels fake uh but you know the lyrics were very much in the vein of, of nick cave uh for those that, who are not familiar with Nick Cave, if you watch the show Peaky Blinders, that's the main theme song to that show is a, a Nick Cave song called Red Right Hand, which is a fantastic song. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I mean, you can ask, uh, y- you can generate lyrics and songs in the style of your favorite artist. So that's the power of AI. That's funny because in stark contrast to this, uh, Nick Cave hated it, but uh, Oasis, someone, a indie band, I think they're called Breezer or something like that. Uh, yeah. They uh, basically they basically created a <laughs> a new Oasis record. Uh, so basically, it's them. They wrote the songs. So it's not a, the music is not AI generated, but the vocals, and I think maybe the lyrics. I don't know. I, I, you need to find that out. But the vocals were AI generated to sound like um, the singer from Oasis. And people actually really enjoyed it. People were like, wow, this is basically the Oasis record that we've been looking forward for, that we're hoping for, because obviously Oasis is like, haven't been releasing uh, any music because of whatever the drama that's been happening between the brothers and things like that. But uh, people were really happy about it. And, and, you know, to to the bands like Surprise, it got a lot of uh, traction. (laughs) And on top of that, it got the approval of the uh, Oasis singer. Like he was saying, he said it's mega. You know, again, this just shows you like different people will have different feelings about it. And the 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 thing that scares me about this, the 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 thing that really um, I think will have a lot of effect uh, on um, musicians and the music industry is that uh, composers who make money as music composers, their job it's probably going to be annihilated. Um, Like, you know, just the same way how in like the Adobe Photoshop, like this plugin or this new like AI tools that they're using is going to eliminate the need to have the skill to use Photoshop because you're just going to be using command lines to do whatever you need. Like, oh yeah, make this t-shirt green and make this person smile and whatever. And it will just do it for you without having to learn how to use Photoshop. And maybe it's not at that stage right now, but you know, AI tools have the tendency to rapidly improve not i'm not not even like oh five years from no like literally every month almost like every six months every five months you're hearing how this ai tool is improving and getting better and better and better so what's going to happen i feel like with people who make their living as music composers for you know companies that make advertising or films or video game soundtracks and things like that you know i feel like your job is going to get annihilated dude uh, because you can just, as a company, just go on one, you know, hire or buy an app that just will generate music for you. And it will be as good, if not better than what a human will do. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it will be completely annihilated. I mean, what these, uh, you know, companies like Adobe will probably do will hire musicians maybe to, to help improve on their AI tools, uh, 
you know, just so they could compete with other companies who are doing the same. So in that sense, I can see how musicians will be needed because AI, uh, yeah, it does this thing called recursive self-improvement where, it, you know, it, it improves itself by itself. But yeah. it's also about how uh, humans, what kind of information and, and you know, that, you know, humans feed it to make it improve. So maybe we'll see that. I don't know. At this stage, we can only, uh, you know, predict and conjecture as to what's going to happen in terms of uh, how AI will affect us. But it might create new opportunities in that sense for musicians. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to undermine a lot of these uh, music studios and artists who work for, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, different clients in, in terms of coming up with music for their yeah. commercials, for their movies, and etc. Yeah. And then the other area that also concerns me is that, as I, again, as someone who's, you know, just starting putting his foot into the music industry as a producer, as <laughs> someone who likes to does mixing work and mixing engineering work and stuff like that for clients and people uh, and musicians and bands and things like that, is that eventually i mean already there are plugins and AI, uh, that incorporate ai tools where it will basically you just you know give it the sound and it will basically mix the track for you or mix the the sound for you or the track for you yes um, in a way that in whatever way you want so there are already plugins manufacturers that will make a plugin for you where you feed it for example a guitar track or even like an entire mix and tell it, you know what, yeah, you know, what do you think how this track should be improved? And it will literally just do everything for you. It will set up the correct EQ. Well, first of all, it will detect what song, what kind of song uh, this is. Um, you know, oh, is it a rock song or is it a, a pop song? Is it a hip hop song? And then based on that, it will adjust and create an EQ curve that will make the sound pleasant. It will find issues in your mix and fix it by putting in like dynamic EQ and compression and all of that, you know, all these different kind of techniques. Um, it will saturate the track for you correctly. It will implement the, you know, all the kind of things that will make your track sound pleasant and ready as a, as a master. Uh, for now, yes, you still have to get, go in there and kind of do some adjustment on your own, but, uh, but it almost comes out perfect. Like from my experience um, or from what I've seen, um, and the, the main tool I'm talking about here is in a, in a mastering um, capacity. Um, but in terms of mixing, um, I haven't found anything yet that does this um, as good. But I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, it will get to the point where you really will not need any more mixing engineers. And you'll just need a plugin that will listen to your track and be like, oh, okay, here's what you need to do. And here's how to, how to fix it. So it will only get more advanced. Uh... So in terms of production, but will, how will it affect the, the, the end product? Will it improve it? Will it not? I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah, I mean, so for now, like, I mean, I'm not saying that metal is not untouchable because if you go look it up, there is, there is AI-generated metal music that sounds almost human and it sounds almost perfect or it sounds really good and it will only sound better, right? But in terms of mixing metal music, um, you know, especially if you were talking about extreme stuff, like it still needs that human nuance to, in order to kind of make adjustments there, because let's be uh, honest, our music sounds like garbage. 
and it's yeah. pretty abrasive <laughs> and AI tools are probably still like they, they don't they don't understand all that noise that much but it will get yeah. better it will get to a point where it can and uh, <laughs> and 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 we'll be able to improve on it as well. So, well, the the song I heard that supposedly there was an an AI Nirvana song that that went viral a few months ago, mm. and it was the worst thing I heard in my life. It sounds like, <laughs> you, you know, it sounds like the the zombie corpse of Kurt Cobain sort of crawled out of his grave, you know, and then he went to a studio nearby and like found all the other former Nirvana members coincidentally and they decided to write a really bad Nirvana song. Yeah. You know that it it was just awful. Um but you know and I hope we don't get more of that to be honest. Oh no, we will. But oh definitely, but yeah. you know at, you know at the end of the day imagine if if that type of of music or content or whatever you want to call it ends up being better or appealing more to people than human generated music how will it affect you know yeah. the way people consume music live performance uh distribution all of that i mean at, at at this stage maybe it's too early to tell but i think these are questions we have to to ponder yeah yeah i think yeah it, it, well you raise a good point actually so the the thing about live performances is um you know maybe uh, the music will be AI generated or whatever, and people will not care whether it was made by a human, but they, people will still want to see it being performed live or played live by someone, right? So maybe yeah. there is a place for the touring musician and the musician that plays live and things like that. But the music writing process maybe will change. Maybe, you know, um, you know, having like, you know, toiling away and trying to be creative to write the next best song is something going to be in the past where you don't need it. You just need musicians that are able to play live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a depressing thought. But you know what? I can imagine um, somebody like, uh, you know, some people will get creative with it. I mean, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Uh you know, some some musicians and, and artists out there uh, do embrace technology in a very creative way. I think somebody like uh, Trent Reznor uh, might, you know, I can't speak for him, but I, I can see somebody like Trent Reznor uh, using, you know, AI in a very smart way. I guess but in- there's, a, there's a thing, Abdullah, sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah, I mean, AI will also affect the way we consume music in the sense that You'll find a lot of uh, maybe streaming uh, uh, platforms that will use more AI uh, to to recommend, you know, music based on machine learning, and that's Isn't obviously Spotify already, already doing that. They're already doing that, but I feel like it will get more advanced. Um, oh yeah, to the point where it's uh, going to be very scary. No, I'm just kidding. But to, to the point where it's going to be able to maybe predict what you will like. Okay. So yeah, it's two things, actually. I mean, so far, I don't know if it's, you know, if it's AI or whatever, but the Spotify algorithm has been scary good for me. So a lot of the bands that we talk about in this podcast, there's a 100%, almost like a 90% chance that I've discovered them because of the uh, Spotify algorithm. So, I mean, I'm just from the top of my hand, like from the bands that we spoke about today, uh, Chamber was one of those bands that I discovered because... 
Spotify was like, hey, you know, check this band. Like a year ago, they were like, hey, check this band out. Um, you might like them. Uh, People Slicer. People Slicer as well is a, another band that like, again, Spotify recommended for me the EP that they released or whatever. And I was like, Poopa Spicer. Uh, they, they, uh, <laughs> and that's how I discovered them. So the algorithm is so scary good um, at recommending things that they know that you will enjoy based on your you know, previous listening experience. But what's, you know, what could be troublesome about that is that um, I don't know what that means for maybe um, independent artists or something like that. Does that mean that the AI will just recommend, you know, can, can a big record company pay or if you're supported by a record company, pay money to have your music be recommended by the AI and, you know, leave things that, you know, that are by independent artists or something like that. Um, but yeah, to me, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So yes, I want, you know, my, my, my preferred streaming platform to recommend music that I might enjoy, but at the same time, I want to be able to discover new genres, new types of uh, styles of music that right. I might enjoy, you know, so I don't want to just be listening to the same stuff that I normally listen to. I, you know, if, of course, you know, maybe the AI, uh, you know, tools will be smart enough to do that. Uh, but my concern is I don't want to be just uh, given the same kind of music over and over and over because that will make the, the listening experience boring. Yeah. Uh, you know, there has to be at some point new genres coming out, but that may, I think happens naturally. Uh, but in order for people to be exposed to that, they need to be pushed into listening, uh, you know, new music, yeah. new styles. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a good tool for music discovery, I guess. And, you know, pushing, um, you know, maybe it'll help you. It'll help you discover artists that are, you know, maybe um, not as big as the other artists that are, uh, that have a big support from their record label. Um, so I guess in conclusion, I mean, I mean, okay, if we have some wrapping thoughts here, let's, you know, from my side, I mean, I would say like, I mean, AI is, is a great tool that will help improve and enhance a lot of things when it, you know, when it comes to the music industry, you know, maybe it'll, it'll help you unlock those creative uh, blocks. For me, as someone who does a lot of my own artwork and things like that, um, having an AI tool to help me uh, develop artwork uh, quickly and efficiently uh, is something that makes me happy. But at the same time, I think if you're a music composer that, 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 that uh, makes money from composing music for companies and advertising, update your CV, dude. <laughs> get, get get those other skills going maybe consider a career in real estate <laughs> you know look at real estate is looking good these days <laughs> i don't know yeah, yeah i i think yeah i think a lot of jobs are going to get affected by this and even as a musician i think i really think it's going to get to a point where listeners really don't care who makes the music as long as it's good if you're someone who listens to music why do you care how is it made you know is, is the song good all right great i'm gonna go listen to that and this is you know obvious from from what we're seeing now like all this ai generated music and how much you know listens and streams is getting so um it's it's pretty scary for me and it's you know i'm, I'm pretty optim I'm, I'm pretty cautious and uh and i'm pretty um worried about the future of music but 
but hey, whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah, I'm on the fence about it, to be honest. Uh, I, it's hard for me to, to make any kind of judgment about it, given that it's still it's in its infancy. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this at the end of the day, I think people will uh, will prefer to to see, to hear uh, human generated kind of music and will want to listen to uh, if there's AI involved in the creative process, they want to hear something that's done in a very smart and creative way. Uh, of course, we will have to expect a lot of uh, garbage music that's going to be generated from AI and saturate our lives, unfortunately, in one form or the other. But people will always, I feel, uh, gravitate towards uh, human-made music, especially when it comes to live performance. You're, especially, like, I'm talking in the, in the context of the rock and metal genre. But who knows? Who knows? These are just yeah. predictions based on what we have right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could make an argument that there will always be a place for a live, uh, for the live musician. Yeah. But uh, that's it for our topic for today, Mansoor. I think uh, let's wrap it up. Um, thanks uh, to everyone for listening. Uh, please remember that uh, you can email us at hate.mail at antishuffle.com. If you're a musician or a band that has a piece of interesting news, or if you have a demo, or if you have something that you want to share with us, please feel free to email us, and we'll talk about it in our news segment or in the music review segment. You can always email us or comment on those videos as well. So again, hate.mail at antishuffle.com. Uh, and with that, our third episode is a wrap. Uh, yeah. and. Uh... Guys, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow uh, our socials, anti-shuffle, at anti-shuffle pod. Absolutely. And um, with that, it's a wrap. I have been Abdullah Mozej. He is Mansoor. Say against the shuffle. See you in the next episode. Goodbye.